Hello, lovely people, and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast designed to be listened to in the shower. But in reality, you can listen to it wherever you want, and we mean anywhere. You can listen to it while you're driving to your nine-to-five job. You can listen to it while you're wrapping Gucci gang in the changing room of a shop. You can listen to it while you're icing your wedding cake. You can listen to it wherever the hell you want. What's the point of this podcast, Taz? The point of this podcast is that we answer the mysteries of the world the questions that you didn't even know you had listeners send in those questions and we do our best to debunk them thus far we've answered questions like why does our hair turn gray why do we yawn why do we fall in love what's an itch why do we put up christmas trees and many many more this week's question is looking pretty interesting before we get stuck into this week's question, if you too have a question that you would like debunked, send it on over to us and we'll do our best to debunk it. You can get us on social media. On Facebook, you can just look us up, In The Shower with Taz and Marcus. Or if you're a Twitter kind of person, it's at In The Shower Pod. If you're an old-fashioned type of guy or gal, you can get us at In The Shower Podcast at gmail.com. We love your questions and we love hearing from you, so please do send them in. What's this week's question, Taz? This week's question comes from Mr. Brian Winston, and it is a fantastic one. All right, what are we talking? Why do we say cheese in photographs? Cheese. So as I said, Brian Winston from Donegal asked this question. Um, for any of our non-Irish listeners, if you're in, in Japan... We're in uh, Kentucky. Fiji. Fiji. You could be in Fiji. Um, could be in Malaysia. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, Donegal is situated in the northwest of Ireland, and they have beautiful but very, very strong accents that kind of sound like a, a well-oiled machine gun. It's kind of like... It's, Hello, I'm from Donegal. I'm from Donegal. It's also a mostly Irish-speaking county. So again, Marcus, for our non-Irish listeners, can you give us some Irish, please? Oh, um, Cain Cuiwilchu. How are you? Cowil ma uctaroicha. Where is my ice cream? It's bralum ishbini. I like sausages. Actually, I got a I got a Facebook message from my old Irish teacher during the week. And it was, of course, in Irish. But she even wrote the name of the podcast in Irish. She told me that she really liked her podcast. And she wrote the name of the podcast in Irish, which is... Taz and Marcus, Yeah, Actually, you're half French. What's what's our title in French? In the shower, Taz and Marcus in French? Yeah. Dans la douche avec Taz et Marcus. Oh, that sounds so much sexier, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Mm, Hello dans, and welcome to... Dans la douche avec Taz et Marcus. Ooh. Now mm. we can say that our, our podcast is, is multilingual. I hope so. Maybe that will help us reach a wider audience. <laughs> <laughs> One can dream. Okay, anyway, so this tangent all came from saying that this week's question came from Donegal, which it did. And the question is, why do we say cheese in photographs? Honestly, you know what? I, as soon as you brought up this question when we were kind of brainstorming on which ones to do, I became a little bit obsessed with it. Because, you know, I originally thought, like, my first reaction was, like, cheese is great. Yes. And I love cheese. And most people also love cheese. So when you say cheese, you think of cheese. And that makes you happy. And you smile in a photo. So ultimately, <laughs> and that happens in, like, the fraction of a second. So you're just like, cheese, class, everything's good. And you smile. <laughs> but I'm guessing it's something, because especially when you think about different languages, like, it doesn't work 
like that. Like you kind of, no matter where you are, people say cheese. Like when you're in France, you don't go like fromage while you're taking a photo. Because I mean, that's a far more a far more guttural yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. sexy grunty sound, which is also fair for which cheese. Is, which is fair, but but that's but that's exactly it. So the the phrase "say cheese" is all about the structure of the word as opposed to its creamy and delicious meaning. Right. Yeah. So a little while ago, you'll remember we did an episode on why we yawn. If you haven't listened. Go back and listen, it's a good one. But we also talked about how yawns are contagious. And an interesting fact that we discovered is how the word yawn forms in our mouth. So you're talking about kind of like the uh, the actual, what your face does when you say the word yawn. Exactly. So when we say yawn, our mouth makes the exact shape it would do if we were yawning. And because of this, many argue that yawns are most certainly contagious because <sighs> when we do... <laughs> yeah, sorry, I actually had to yawn. That was weird. <laughs> They are contagious. <laughs> anyway, because of this, many argue that yawns are most certainly contagious because when we do as much or read, as read or say the word, we are ultimately doing the act. So are you saying when I say the word cheese, I'll get cheese? Oh, no, not, not exactly. If, that was only, <laughs> if only that was That was okay. amazing. Smell a vision, say a vision. <laughs> but it is similar in what the word does kind of the, to the shape of our mouths upon pronunciation. So say cheese out loud for me. Cheese. Yeah, well, when you say cheese, it opens your mouth and kind of scrunches your cheeks to spread a perfect smile across your face. Oh my God, hang on. Cheese. Wow, cheese. So the ch I... opens your mouth yeah. and the ease kind of draws your cheeks back. Wow. Cheese. Do you know what? I really hope that like next, you know, like the people are in their showers right now or wherever you're listening to this podcast, all anywhere in the world is going, cheese! When I was writing this episode, I looked like an absolute lunatic because I kept just mouthing the word cheese to see. Like, even to write that description, I was like, your cheeks go back and you're, I was like, doing it. I, I looked insane. You know what? I just generally walk around my local shop mumbling cheese as well. Cheese, so cheese, at, cheese. At least you were Mozzarella, writing an episode. Um, so, like, okay, it makes your face do a thing, but where did the universal phrase come from? Like, any country I visit, no matter whether it's like Europe, Asia, America, whether they speak English or something completely different, they always say cheese. Like, yeah. always, no matter where. Like, in Japan, they say chisu. In France, they go cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Italy, they go cheese. <laughs> so, like, this must have been learned really early on because, like, it is a widespread, global, accepted thing. So, do we know where it originated? Well, no one can say for sure who coined the phrase say cheese, nor can we say with 100% certainly why that particular phrase was chosen as the smile spreader. Like when we think about it, your mouth does more or less the same shape when you say knees or breeze. Yeah. Knees, breeze. But the phrase cheese appears to have been first used around the 1940s with one of the earliest references appearing in the Big Spring Herald in 1943. So like... The first time that somebody, like, can we attribute it to a person that the first person who had this light bulb moment that saying cheese just made people smile, do we know who it was? Or So it, it comes from the American ambassador, Joseph E. Davis. This is an exact excerpt from the Big Spring Herald. Are you ready? Go on. Mr. Davis disclosed the formula while having his picture taken on the set of his mission to Moscow. It's simple. Just say cheese. It's an automatic smile. I learned that from a politician, Mr. Davis chuckled, an astute politician, a very great politician. But of course, I cannot tell you who he was. Jeez, Joseph E. Davis sounds a bit like Donald Trump. Like, I learned it from a politician, an astute politician, a very great politician. I'm the great politician. Blah, 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 blah. But did we ever find out who that politician was? 
It is thought that the politician he was referring to was none other than Franklin D. Roosevelt, who Ambassador Davis served under. Really? So you're telling me that in short, FDR came up with the phrase cheese? Nobody knows whether it was Roosevelt or simply Roosevelt learnt it from someone. But soon after that time, saying cheese became a common phrase for people to utter when trying to get people to smile in photographs. So we, we know cheese came about in like the 1940s-ish. But do we have any idea of what was said before that? Like, were they like photo or <laughs> were they like, I don't know, like what, what were they saying? What were people saying as a cue? Because obviously, like, that serves as, you know, a point for the photographer to take the photo as well. So what what was said? Well, that's the thing. Back in the Victorian era, which was from around 1837 to 1901, etiquette and beauty standards were very different than they are today. So you're telling me like people weren't always attracted to duck face selfies or people pretending to, to stroke their beardless chins in photos. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's hard to believe that we weren't always attracted to duck faces. But no, in Victorian times, a small, tightly controlled mouth was considered beautiful. And during this time, photographers used to have their portraits say prunes to produce this controlled look. Really? Mm-hmm. So, hang on, I'll try that. Prunes. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> if I was in Victorian times, I would find you so attractive, Mr. O'Lara. <laughs> I always found that so odd. Like, when I'm being photographed, I want to look like I'm buzzing and happy and excited. But, like, you go to an art gallery and everyone in the pictures just looks like they're having a shite time. I couldn't agree more. They look miserable. I know, so miserable. Some of the reason for this is people in the Victorian age, you know, wanting to look poised and regal. But it wasn't just down to appearance. No? What do you mean? Well, during the early days of photography, exposure times weren't as snappy as they are today. The creation of permanent images began with Thomas Wedgwood in about 1790, but the earliest known camera images belong to a French inventor whose name I'm going to get Marcus to pronounce. Joseph Nisfort Nipsey. In 1826. Thanks for that. The photograph <laughs> entitled <laughs> The photograph entitled View from the Window Allegresse. at Lugra. <laughs> the to- the photograph entitled La vue de la fenêtre à le gras. Excellent, excellent. It is historically said to have required about eight hours of exposure eight time. Eight hours? Yeah, and in, in reality, it could have even taken as long as a few days. Wow. What, like, what, people surely weren't expected to sit that long to have a photograph taken. Like, you could paint a portrait in eight hours. Well, that's exactly it. So back in the 1800s, the most popular method of taking a portrait was painting. And in the early days of photography, the subject was mostly a landscape or something along those lines. So then, when did portrait photography come along? Sure, surely the like the exposure times would have had to be much shorter. Yeah, so fast forward a few years into 1839, Louis Daguerre introduced a new form of... Louis Daguerre. (laughs) I'm really giving you too much power with this thing. You really are. (laughs) Anyway, Louis Daguerre introduced... Louis Daguerre. I'm just going to call him Louis D, okay? All right. Louis D introduced a new form of photography called... Daguerreotype. So in 1839, this Louis D chap developed this new type of <laughs> photography where a positive of the image was developed directly onto the photographic plate. Right. The exposure times for these types of photographs were about 60 what, to 90. What 90- types of photographs does? Uh, Daguerreotypes. <laughs> Daguerreotype. 
<laughs> was about 60 to 90 <laughs> seconds, which was a long time to remain motionless and hold a s- smile, but not impossible. So around this time, the need to keep a stern facial expression wasn't as important. I'd say smiling for 90 seconds nonstop would, like, you'd go a bit mad, especially, like, just, like, <laughs> yeah. trying to sit there. You know what? If you're listening, just try and sit there and smile for, like, even a minute without moving your face. You just look like the Cheshire cat. You look like a psychopath is what you look like. But, like, you know what? Going into the mid-1800s and even the early 1900s, people still hadn't started smiling in photos yet. If, like, you know, the exposure time wasn't so much of a factor anymore, what was the reason? Well, the, the second most common reason for people not smiling in photographs in the Victorian era is blamed on dental hygiene. Dental hygiene? Yeah, so the most common cure for rotten teeth back then was to pull them out. So there were no caps or other fixes to make chipped or broken teeth more aesthetically pleasing. So many people as young as in their early 30s, had only a few teeth left. So by not smiling, these people were hiding their terrible teeth. I never thought about that, but, I mean, like, it must be true. Like, they, they, you know, they weren't rocking out a nice Oral-B electric toothbrush with a multi-directional head. Um, this isn't sponsored by Oral-B, I'm just thinking of my own toothbrush. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so leaving the Victorian era of, like, common rotten teeth and post-smiles behind, what point in history did people decide to not look like they were having the worst time of their lives. (laughs) Okay, so fast forward a few more years to 1888 and George Eastman founded Kodak, which changed the face of photography forever because it made it a lot more widely available to the public. Mm -hmm. In 1900, Kodak introduced its first pocket camera called the Brownie. Delicious. Delish. At a cost of $1, which is about $26 today or €21. And that changed the face of photography forever. So basically photography wasn't reserved to the elite anymore. Like anyone could kind of afford it. Um, So it was more accessible. So people weren't limited to like superposed photos in a studio, right? That's exactly it. In fact, the, the Kodak slogan at the time was, you push the button, we do the rest. So photography as a hobby was now a possibility, capturing everyday moments was now reality and more and more smiles were captured on film. That's incredible. So FDR, Franklin Roosevelt, is is responsible for the phrase, say cheese, or possibly, it's likely, mm-hmm. um, and Kodak for smiling in photos. <laughs> I, I don't know the certainty of those, but but both definitely had an impact. Actually, while we're, we're, we're kind of talking about smiling in photographs, it's also worth mentioning the impact that film had on smiling in photographs. So early film was obviously silent and facial expressions became of utmost importance. Of course, because the audience couldn't hear, they needed to see when characters were happy or sad or excited. That's exactly it. So film really normalised showing emotion in photos, whether that's being happy or being sad or whatever that might be, so, as like, opposed to saying prunes. Okay, to, to like rewind a little bit, when exactly did the duck face become normalised? Oh God, that is most certainly no, another like, question for another genuinely, day. Genuinely, like the one, the one thing I want to know is like, people, you know, if people do duck face and think it's sexy... Who has ever looked at a beaked bird and gone, I'd ride you? I think Daisy Duck's got a bit of something, something going on. (laughs) Do you think that's it? Do you think it's Daisy Duck? Um, What a legend if she's had this much of an impact on the world. She she is actually the top influencer in the world. Look at that. Kim Kardashian, eat your heart out. Absolutely. Um, So, any, uh, any facts to end the episode? Why, of course I do. First off, cheese production around the globe is worth more than the combined worldwide production of coffee, tobacco, tea, and cocoa beans. Hang on. So cheese is literally, like, 
bigger than coffee. Yeah. Tobacco. Yeah. Tea. Yeah. And chocolate. I know. That's mental. It's great though. Say cheese. Cheese. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was really confused where the cheese fat came out. Then I remembered that the actual episode is why we say cheese in photos. Yeah. So, one more? Yes, of course. Every two minutes, we snap more pictures than the whole of humanity did in the 1800s. What? Yeah. Every two minutes? Yes. And they're all duck face selfies. Well, there you have it. That is why we say cheese in pictures. Marcus, demonstrate. Cheese. Now, if you were in Victorian times. Prunes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If this happens to be your first time listening to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, we've got a whole bank of episodes that you should listen to. They're all short and snappy, and you can listen to loads in a day or one a day at your leisure. So we would love for you to check them out. Every single one of those episodes contains information bombs that you can drop at your next dinner party or when you're chatting someone up or when you just want to seem a little bit more interesting or maybe you just want to be a bit more interesting. Who knows? Go you. Power to you. <laughs> As we said at the beginning of the episode, if you too have a question, you can get us on Facebook at In The Shower with Taz and Marcus, Twitter uh, at In The Shower Pod or by email at In The Shower Podcast at gmail.com. And on that note, if you don't have a question and you just want to tell us that you like the podcast, please get in touch because all you listeners are invisible to us and we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Or you just want to say hi or anything like that, you know, it'd be, it's nice to hear from you. Um, but yeah, if you could also recommend this podcast to a couple of friends or your granny or your dad or your teacher or to just the person sitting beside you on the train or the bus, that would be really, really cool. And we would love you forever. We, your, your recommendations do more for us than anything. So please, if you do enjoy what we do, tell someone who you also think would enjoy what we do. And that'd be cool. You're spreading some goodness into the world. Before we reveal what next week's question is, a few thank yous to round up the episode. Um, a huge thank you to all the staff in here at Headstuff, Alan, Paddy and the crew. Thank you so much for hosting us on your network. Check out some of the other podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. They are putting out brilliant stuff at the moment. Next up, thank you to Flo Robinson who did our cover art. We're visiting you next month in London, Flo. Your art's great and we love you. Thank you to the illustrious Dave Gertzman, who is a beautiful man who came up with our theme song. Dave, if you don't get a Grammy at some point, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. You are... A genius. Without any further ado, next week's question. Next week's question. What is it, Taz? Next week's question comes from Fiona McGiven, who is embodying the New Year, New Me trend and wants to know what exactly happens to our body when we get fitter. That episode will be ready for your morning shower next Monday. But in the meantime, keep keep scrubbing. scrubbing. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.